This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Phil Collins has been a staple of the rock and pop music world since the 1970s, initially performing with Band X, Flaming Youth, and notably as the drummer and later lead singer of Genesis. He became an unlikely solo superstar, achieving seven U.S. number one hits between 1982 and 1990. In fact, if you combine his solo songs and the mega hits he charted as the frontman of Genesis, Mr. Collins had more U.S. top 40 singles than any other artist in the 1980s. While he has largely exited the spotlight in recent years, after making that cozy Disney cash, the great pop culture debate doesn't want to take his musical legacy at face value. So we want to know, what is the best Phil Collins song? You can run and you can hide, but I'm not leaving until it's all over because it's my show and not yours. I'm your host, Eric Resniak. Please welcome this week's panelists for whom there are no jackets required. You can hear him coming in the air tonight. It's this episode's sponsor, Chad Resniak. And I've been waiting all of my life. <laughs> you sure have. All right, it's the next it's great pop culture debate. Fan favorite, Kate Ricoya. Kate, how are you feeling? You have no right to ask me how I'm feeling. There. <laughs> See, that's what you're in for, folks. This is what it's going to be tonight. I hope you're buckled in. And finally, you can tell by the lines on his face, you can tell that he's been there. Please welcome to the podcast, Todd Resniak. If by been there, you mean rode hard and put away wet, then yes, I have in fact been there. He has. <laughs> um, as you might have noticed by the surnames, uh, three out of four of the people on this podcast are in fact brothers. And the fourth is basically an honorary Resniak. There were no sisters. Uh, I mean, basically as close as it gets. But if there was, it would have been Kate. True. I am so honored, so honored to be here amongst the Resniaks. <laughs> and it's kind of like Tarzan in that like uh, a, a human child raised by apes, basically the same thing. You are the Tarzan, we are the apes. Um, and I, if there was a girl in our house, I think you would have had the best chance of surviving. So welcome to the jungle. All right. So for those listening, this is a special Patreon sponsored episode. Our top tier Patreons get to pick a mini so topic for us to cover each year and also get to select the panel. Chad, why did you select best Phil Collins song as our topic? Well, Phil Collins has been one of those things that has kind of followed me through most of my life. Um, I don't have a lot of interactions with pop culture, but uh, Mr. Collins has been there for me through a lot of really interesting times in my life, and that's going to come up in my arguments. Hmm. Uh, so from the perspective of everybody knows Phil Collins and everybody has a, a, an opinion on Phil Collins songs, and it was one of the few things I felt qualified to talk about. That's all very fair. And I do think there's truth to that. Like, no matter if you were in your 40s in the 80s or if you were born in the 80s, you probably know Phil Collins. And even up through like late 90s, I think he was still, I mean, again, with like the Tarzan and the Brother Bear stuff, he was still um, very relevant in pop culture. In fact, uh, one of our other panelists uh, mentioned, mm. well, you guys are going to be talking about You'll Be In My Heart, right? Like I listened to that song all the time when I was a kid. And I didn't have the heart to tell her, no, we're not. Because yeah. all of us hate it. Because it will not be in the bracket. No, you know? it will not. 
sorry. I mean, you you can be in your in your forties in the eighties. What if you were like eight in the eighties, but a forty year old inside? Then you would really like Hollis. Yes, <laughs> that 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 was Chad. Same. I mean, Same. Invisible Touch, Chad, Invisible Touch. That that was how I got into it. Was I? That is I correct. Had this really stark memory of staying home from school. I must have begged off being sick or something. Watching The Price Is Right, eating watermelon, yes. listening to Invisible Touch on the cassette on a Walkman. Yes. That, that's like the most eighties sentence I've ever heard. <laughs> and I wish I thought of it to be honest with you, because that sounds fucking great. <laughs> Exactly. The walking is an important part of that magic, though. It sounds and completely restorative. Why are we not doing that right now? <laughs> I, that was Brian, the sole Resniac brother yeah. who's not on this podcast. That was his cassette. <laughs> he had Genesis Invisible Touch. I distinctly remember this. Before he went into his hair metal phase, he also had Tiffany on cassette. I'm putting it yep. out there. Oh, is that remember what that. Yes. Yep. Feel that burn. At some point, I think we're going to have to get all four of us onto a podcast. I have no idea what the topic would be, but it would devolve into just hissing and gnashing of teeth by like minutes. <laughs> it would be terrible, but also amazing. Ch- Chad was concerned about a bunch of in jokes um, with me. And I think if we had all four of us, it would be nothing but in jokes. Yeah, yeah, it would be even worse than this is right now. So um, with that being said, there are two more of the top tier Patreon splots now open. So if you're interested in sponsoring a debate, head over to patreon.com backslash great pop culture debate and become one of our best supporters ever now. So how does this work? Since this is a mini-sode, there was no public poll. Our panelists went through Mr. Collins's discography. We stuck strictly to his solo stuff, so no Genesis songs are on our on here. R.I.P. Invisible Touch. It's seriously, and Land of Confusion. Yeah. It certainly mm-hmm. would have been a different top 16 if those were in there. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Um, follow we, you, follow me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. My argument is we could do a separate uh, Genesis episode. That's a separate it's a separate episode. Yeah. Maybe. For, for but then how would you... Right, but then how would you do that with the Phil Collins, Peter Gabriel? Da, da, da. I'd well, include them all. Yeah, I'd try to, but all of the Phil Gabriel or all the Peter Gabriel stuff is, in my opinion, kind of garbage. So you shut your mouth. Me. You shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you shut your We're off to a great start. No. You buckle up, folks. Um, so we took our individual ah. top fifteens. We created seedings based on those scores, added those to a bracket, and now we argue about it and insult each other all for your amusement. Want to play along at home? Go to greatpopculturedebate.com and find the polls and brackets tab. There you'll find the listener bracket for this in every episode of our podcast. Make a copy for yourself. That is so important. I cannot tell you how many times I'm at work and get a Google alert. Blank the blank wants to open this uh bracket and i'm like girl i can't help you right now um but fill it out and see if your picks match up with ours so before we start i know our sponsor has some intense feels about many of his personal collins picks not making the bracket chad the soapbox is yours okay so um i have a lot of grievances here because i went through and your grievances And now you guys are going to hear them. Bring it. I went through all of these albums, and some of them were not super great, honestly. The back half of his career was... Testify. Cosign. Testify, yeah. There were some good songs, but overall, no. Um, (laughs) So, specifically, We Wait and We Wonder from uh, both sides was my fourth-ranked song, and it didn't even make the bracket, so I'm pretty salty about that. Um, Was that that one... 
that's the one that you really love. Yeah. The one that has the, the bagpipes at the beginning, which mm. I found out during my research, which wasn't even related. He played those bagpipes on that song. Multi-talented man. Right? He's a very skilled musician, honestly. I mean, before we get into the actual debates and everything, um, I didn't recognize, like, you know he was the drummer for Genesis, but he was apparently really influential, and he's named as, like, one of the top most influential prog drummers for his work in Genesis before they went into a trio Mm -hmm. and went into pop. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But everything on both sides, he he played everything on that album. And, And I was like, even the bagpipes? Yes, even the bagpipes. You better work, Phil Collins, in those bagpipes. Man's still working. He's not able to stand on stage anymore, but he's still out there singing. It's just he wanted all the money for himself. He didn't want to share it. Uh, but then all the money was taken by his many ex-wives. I mean, oh, that's, that is so the tragedy sad. of Phil Collins. I mean, that's what happens when you break up with people by facts, I'm just going to say. It's true. It's true. What we were saying before we got on here, you reap what you sow. Anyway, that's right. go ahead, Chad. Um, so that was one of the main ones. Uh, we wait and we wonder from both sides. Uh, the least you can do from Testify. Testify is kind of a rough album in general, but that song is honestly really good. I think there's actually like a bagpipey sounding thing at the beginning. So I think I have a secret thing for bagpipes. I don't know yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love it's a for you. It's a fetish. This has been. Yeah, really I think that's what we're uh, discovering actually here. Uh, <laughs> this is going to get real awkward. Um, <laughs> And then uh, Do You Remember from, from But Seriously was another really good song. Um, it is a I good song. It is. I didn't even recognize Thunder and Lightning was a was a uh, single of his from Face Value. And like I had no idea that song existed until I was preparing for this. And that's actually a really good song, too. But honestly, didn't make the bracket. But um, I, I'm so confused by some people's uh, choices on here. Like, Kate, it's an honor to share this podcast with you. Big fan of your work on this podcast. But... Honestly, what the hell? I have no idea where you're coming from. I mean, Chad, you and I are going to dance tonight. We're going to dance. <laughs> are we going to dance into the light? We're going to dance into the light, my friend. <laughs> I love and it. One of the things that Chad, who is a listener of the podcast, has actually pointed out to me that it can be helpful for P- our our panel to share their individual rubric as to how they uh, kind of came to their decisions. So as we go along, if you, you, you are feeling moved to do so like this is what like i was looking for in a phil collins song because some people may be looking for this musicality some people may be looking for the lyrics um i will just say that i tended to go for the poppier stuff and one of the things i discovered while listening to all of his stuff here was there's a lot of really mid-tempo slow sad adult th- contemporary my friend <laughs> yes. yeah he's yes. the chill in ac because it's a lot of like i was like are you okay, Phil Collins? Do you need a hug? Like, no, frequently I, he is not. He is not. <laughs> and it makes me sad. Like listening to this, I was just like, Phil Collins, if you're listening, you call me up. I'm going to take you out someplace nice. Like we'll go to Shoney's. I'll, I'll pay for dinner. And you can tell me what is going down because like you've brought a lot of joy to a lot of people's lives. And I'm. it makes me sad that you are going through it. Right. So I tended to gravitate towards songs that did not make me feel very depressed because I'm alive in America 2021. I have so many things to be depressed about, but the great works of art of Mr. Philip Collins, I do not want to be part of that. So, yeah, I I think you have a really good point because I was really excited to um, to do this research. Like I Phil Collins is one of those artists that I was well aware of. Obviously, I lived in the 80s. You could not escape him, but I never listened to any of his albums. I'd only heard his singles. And I thought, you know, this is somebody that I'll bet you has Mm -hmm. some really great deep cuts. Mm 
And as I was going through the albums, it's just like you said, Eric, um, you know, I found like a lot of it was just mid tempo and frankly, kind of sad. Mm -hmm. And so I was very surprised um, that really I ended up with mostly his pop singles in my top uh, in my bracket. Like the man who gave you Susudio (laughs) and Invisible Touch. But like ninety percent of his catalog, you have is no like, right. <laughs> but even that one has a pulse, it does, and a lot it of does. his other stuff, it's just like slowly waiting for death to take me. <laughs> and I just, I feel for you, Phil Collins, because genuinely, like I love him. I think he's a great musical artist, and I think this is a great debate. But like, it made me sad that he was so sad. Kate, what about you? I mean, I. I love the sadness. Like, I I think that that is partially what drew me to him as, like, when I was, like, an eight or a nine-year-old. Of course, I love Invisible Touch. That song fucking slaps. But, like, the, 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 like, overdramatic pathos, it's, like, divorce adult contemporary like and and there's just something about it that is it it feels like exquisite camp to me like there's something that's what really draws me to it but my in general my rubric was based on what is the actual like musical quality of the song um what's the performance like and where does it stand in pop culture kind of those are my three that was my tripod (laughs) yeah so then if you were looking for sadness i've got good news for you because your bracket made me very sad It was doing what it was supposed to, Chad. <laughs> I I was listening to some hardcore Phil Collins after looking through your bracket, just like, what am I missing? Is, is, is there something wrong with me? Hardcore um, and Phil Collins do not go together. That's also true. Yeah, we Todd and I had a conversation last night about if there are any Phil Collins songs that are bangers, and we've settled on there are no bangers, but there are bops. Yes, yes. Um, yes. that's fair. Yeah. I mean, Susudio and Easy Lover are the closest you're going to get to a banger, but they're true. still bops. They're still bops. I, yeah. They're definitely bops. Yep. Um, but it, I mean, consider that on at least three of his albums, a solid three, uh, his his most recent divorce was a driving force. Yes. Like, yep. The, mm-hmm. the dude was going through failed relationships, like he was collecting number one hits, and that informed a lot of this. And yeah. In, in talking Poor about no rubrics, those <laughs> <laughs> what'd you say? I was hate Poor K no los dos. Number one hits, divorces. Like, <laughs> easy come, easy go, right? Mm-hmm. Easy mm-hmm. lover. Easy um, lover. That's right. And, and that was that was a little bit of um, of my rubric. There is somewhat ironically because my normal musical genre is completely indecipherable vocals uh, that are being screamed <laughs> over just wall to wall guitars and drums. Um, so I come to Phil Collins for something slightly different, which is that uh, that that oft ignored white straight male pain. Oh that, yeah, yeah. I, that I don't think gets enough of a voice in it, modern pop culture, especially on this podcast. No. Well, so, yeah. That is fair. And, and, and like, we actually did have. I don't remember what. Oh, was it Tim Burton? It was Tim Burton yes. episode yes. where um, Jim Zadzik, who's now a panelist, uh, was on there, and he's like, "I'm the voice of the the the, the father the, the, with with children. I have a wife." And I was like, "Thank you, Jim, for bringing diversity to this podcast." <laughs> the voice of a straight white male and it's true like he literally is our only straight male <laughs> analyst it's it's remarkable but it's, it's, it's a real shame it's a real it really shame is. it really is with that being said hello we must be going so let's get into the actual debates three quarters of the panel was actually with the odds preferring against all odds to separate lives but Kate has decided that we have no right to tell her how she's voting not Kate, damn right that's right <laughs> 
Kate, explain why we should remain together with separate lives. While Todd says, take a look at me now by stumping for odds. And I'm going to have Kate go first. Okay, so... Here's the thing that I find funny about so many Phil Collins songs. It's like it's the same song against the same song, right? Yes. Like, like, like one, it's like, is your personal preference you want to shout at someone who has broken your heart? You have no right or take a look at me now. And I feel I personally would rather shout at someone. You have no right to ask me how I'm feeling. You have no right to speak to me. So kind. So good. Anyway. This song is like in the grand tradition of great 80s movie tie-in ballad duets. <laughs> like it was actually uh, on the soundtrack for a movie called White Nights directed by Taylor Hackford and starring Gregory Hines and Mikhail Baryshnikov as like both defecting dancers from the USSR. I don't know, but it's how Taylor Hackford met Helen Mirren. Oh. Also on the original soundtrack was Say You Say Me by Lionel Richie, which mm. that is a jam. Um, it has exceptional synth- synthesizer drama. It has a terrific narrative. It's a story. There's drama. There's pathos. There's so much divorce angst. Um, and it has that incredible, you have no right to ask me how I'm feeling. It's so good. It's the most exquisite cheese. This is my preference. <laughs> It is. And I feel like this song should come with a complimentary case of tab because I feel like that was the soft drink of choice yes. of divorcees. And also Can my you father. Build that well? Yes. Yes, it's true. Um, no, that's a great way of putting it, Kate. And you mentioned it. It's cheesy, but it's so earnest to me. So it's a cheese. Earnest. It is a dry cheese. Like mm-hmm. it's moon cheese, right? Like astronaut cheese. Like the, he's not, you mentioned earlier that it's kind of like straight male camp, but like to me, there's nothing can't be about it because he's being 100% sincere in this. Mm-hmm. Right? It's true. Yeah, I don't it's true. I don't find a lot of his 80s stuff to be campy. I thought his campy stuff came later like the Tarzan stuff. That to yeah. me felt campy. Sure. I mean, it is in that sort of like it doesn't know that it's it's not trying to be campy in its sincerity. I guess this is a conversation about what camp is. Ooh. <laughs> but I can see that, Kate, where you're arguing that ultimately like whether he meant it to be or not it's it sincerity is, is. it is yeah. yeah it's just so it's so like this is like an eight-year-old who's like oh my god someday i might get divorced is like accessing the pain of this like an right. eight-year-old can access the, the adult pain of the song <laughs> that's a pretty deep read right there <laughs> sorry if you're listening to this phil collins you are an emotionally complex human being and i respect you i, <laughs> I have nothing but love for phil collins i'm putting that out here now don't don't hate me phil don't hate me with that being said todd why don't you go ahead and talk to us about uh against all odds oh gosh i don't know if i can do such a good job as kate did but i have to say um i do agree with kate that you know a lot of phil collins songs they do kind of strike that same kind of tone that same kind of you know general feeling to them but what i liked about a lot of his stuff that i chose was that he took the same kind of song that same kind of tempo and he would kind of twist it a little bit you know i mean he wasn't really reinventing the wheel with any of his stuff no, no. but he, but i feel like he was pushing um, the song craft for just a little bit. And one of the things I generally don't like with songs is when the song starts off and it's just got like a basic kind of a piano or a solitary instrument. And then halfway through the song, you have this percussion that comes in and stuff like that. But against all odds has that. And I have to say, I feel like it's actually really, really effective and it feels really natural when that transition happens. And I feel like I don't get that a lot with other songs that that kind of follow that same kind of a format um listening to him singing that song 
uh, especially towards the end, like you can just tell that Phil, Phil Collins is feeling it. Mm-hmm. Like he is feeling his emotions and you are going to know. Um, and I kind of feel like it's him at his, almost like his most exposed. But as you guys have kind of pointed out, I mean, he's probably felt exposed a lot with all of his divorces, but it really feel, I felt like it really shined through uh, in this song. And one other thing, and this is probably very stupid, but I do like this. Um, if you listen to the chorus throughout the song, he changes the words in the chorus ever so slightly with each time he sings a chorus. And I like that um, because it kind of makes you pay more attention to the song. It kind of moves the story forward just a little bit more. I mean, it's not a sea change with the lyrics, but he changes it just a little bit. And so it makes that those lines kind of... Um, apply in different ways and i just i like that i like that it it just makes you pay that much more attention to the overall song i agree with that completely and i will also say that i think regardless of whatever we say here phil collins is an incredibly talented songwriter yes absolutely musician and that needs to just be accepted without any question right correct yes um chad where are you coming down on this Oh, it's definitely against all odds. Um, I want to I want to echo real quick what Todd said. This is one of my favorite features of Phil Collins in general, and you can see this with Genesis and his solo work. Is he does exactly that in a lot of his different songs, where it's not just uh, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. Uh, he'll usually change like a little piece of the melody, a lyric here or there. There's something that's changing each time, and that gives it a little bit of a unique taste. And that's that. I mean, the, a lot of his songs he does that. But I, I mean, yeah, I want to separate separate lives from Jack. Get out of here. <laughs> I love separate lives. I truly do, Kate. And I cannot believe it did not make my list of individual songs because it's cool. It's cool. I really do it's love cool. it. It's cool. But Against All Odds is one of my all-time faves. Against All Odds is a great song. I don't hate that it's going for it, but I had to speak on Separate Lives. And I'm so glad that you did. Well, I just, you know, I think it's very interesting. Like one thing that I looked at a lot of um, after I'd chosen my bracket was just kind of charting positions. And I was very surprised, as I think we'll talk about some of these other ones, how low they charted in the U.S., but how well they did in the U.K., okay. which yep. isn't a huge surprise because he is <laughs> British. But, you know, this was one of his U.S. number ones. And I think it's a well-deserved number one, honestly. Absolutely. So with that being said, we are going to move against all odds onto round two. Next up in another three quarter split, the panel preferred to stay with another day in paradise. But Chad wants to spend every day with every day. Chad, why are you so stuck on routine? (laughs) I will explain why I see paradise by the dashboard light. I'm going to have Chad go first. So I recognize I'm in a losing battle here. Um, This was a little bit of I just wanted to give every day a shot. I went back and I listened to another day. I think I had burned myself out on it. And so I was kind of mad when I came into the podcast. But um, one of the things that uh, is going to be a common theme for me is that I've had some relationships that have ended very poorly. And so when that happens, I'm like, oh, hey, Phil, let's let's talk about this. I figured and- that might have been a part of your reasoning for this, oh, just putting that out there. So you like to spend you like to spend a little time with Phil when, when these breakups happen. I, I, yes, he's, he's my go-to. Um, it really, it, it, I, I hear his songs. I'm just like, oh, yep, that's me. Hi. I can um, see why they would speak to you. That, and I'm not saying sure. that in any type of like yeah. dismissive way, like genuinely. Yeah. They're very like, pure. Yeah. They're very mm-hmm. pure. And it's yep. about male pain. Like seriously. And, and it's fairly universal. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, so, I mean, but it, other than just that, like the, the lyrical content for the song obviously kind of hits, especially, um, you know, self-esteem is not exactly one of my strong suits. And so uh, where he has lines of, you know, uh, my life means nothing without you, things like that. Those are particularly poignant, especially in the in the wake of some of an event like that. But it's a it's a beautiful song. It's well constructed. Um Unfortunately, in terms of the statistics, it doesn't really. There's nothing to support it. It's actually one of his lowest charting singles on uh, uh, on one of the least popular ones on Spotify for the ones around this bracket. Um, but it was the highest charting single on that particular album, both sides. It actually hit number two on Ding Adult Contemporary. Ah! But it only got to 24 on the Billboard. So it, that was in the back end of his career. Uh, back end of his career. So, I mean, for me, the, the lyrical content about relationship and pain is what really kind of brought it and, and made me want to talk to it. Sure. Mm-hmm. I see that completely. And I will say, hitting 24 on the Billboard charts back in, I'm going to guess this is 90s. Yeah, it would have been like 90, 91, right, Chad? Uh, both sides was 93. 93. Mm-hmm. 24 on the Billboard charts in the 90s is nothing to sneeze at. Those no. were, That means it was still selling many, many, many copies. Way more than it probably anything is selling now. Um, and I would just say this about Spotify charts. If you look at the Spotify charts for Phil Collins, his Tarzan stuff is very high on there. Like, uh, uh, no offense, but like, it's it's not great. Like, especially <laughs> when you compare it to the other Disney movies of that era, yeah, yeah. like it is by far one of the weakest Disney musical entries. Yep. Um, so don't put too much stock in the Spotify stuff. Cause there's a bunch of stupid kids that are listening to like radio Disney. And that's why it's getting a ton of play. Um, but I'm here to talk about another day in paradise. Generally speaking, I'm not a fan of message songs and I'm not a fan of Phil's message songs in particular. I don't think it ended up on the bracket, but both sides of the story mm. like makes me go into a full body cringe every time it starts <laughs> because I'm just like, Oh, this is some like white evangelical bullshit right here. Mm. Like, the, the, there's some line about like ghetto kid with a gun. I was like, Oh, I'm going to yep. stop you right there. You cannot say that. You, you can't, you can't say that Phil Collins. And I know the intention behind it was pure. Again, pure, again, pure, pure. Mm-hmm. There's, there, sure. he's got every right intention he has the right um but it's (laughs) it's it's a little ham-fisted yes this one is ham-fisted but i think it's well delivered um i imagine that he succeeded in tricking more than one person into singing along with the song on their daily commute and then realizing like i'm thinking about homeless people who i just (laughs) walk past every day exactly yep Mm -hmm. that's pretty shitty of me maybe i shouldn't do that maybe i shouldn't treat them like they're garbage um so you know mission accomplished phil collins like it has a yep go ahead sorry you're gonna say kate i was gonna say it has a really great bridge too it does does. i love a good bridge and i was about to say musically it's very well crafted i think like the tinkling piano notes almost sound a little bit like a toy piano to me they're slightly off key and there's this dreamy quality to the whole instrumentation that it makes this very serious subject matter have more impact i think um yeah i think that's very I just I think that's very interesting that you talk about the piano because um, I actually when I hear that piano, especially in the beginning, I actually pictured it after I learned what the song was about. I thought of it more as like somebody's kind of quiet tears, you know, mm-hmm. somebody who's experiencing this, having just little tears that are falling. But it's quiet, right, because they're trying to keep that, you know, that experience to themselves. They don't want to kind of show their their vulnerability. Uh, so I find that very interesting. Pure, Todd. That's so yeah. lovely. It is well, very lovely. I know. And I, 
I mean that and sincerely. I do, we don't usually track of traffic and sincerity on this podcast, but oh. I meant that. <laughs> uh, I do also want to say, though, Chad, real quickly, um, I love every day. I really, truly, honestly do. Uh, I wish that it had not gone up against this song. I would have liked to have seen it progress further. I think it is an underrated song. Um, but unfortunately, I just I can't I can't knock another day in paradise. I I'm can't not mad about it. I understand. Kate, where are you? I'm definitely another day in paradise. Yep. Okay. So we're going to advance paradise. Sorry about that, Chad. Next up, the panel was unanimous in its decisions to advance to studio over two hearts. You're goddamn right. <laughs> proving, that, <laughs> proving that we are, in fact, of just one mind, mm-hmm. as well as take me home over one more night. Another three-quarter decision as the brothers Resniak preferred something happened on the way to heaven, a topic we actually know very little about. (laughs) (laughs) But Kate yelled, wait, because she wants to give time to Can't Hurry Your Love. Kate, this win won't come easy, but please keep on waiting and anticipating. While Chad argues that we've had our problems, but you should be on our side with heaven. And I'm going to have Kate go first. So, I mean, this is just an extremely charming cover of a stone-cold Supremes classic for Motown. Now, look, am I going to argue it's better than the Supremes? I would literally never. <laughs> literally, literally. I would hope not. But I just, I like it. It's, it's, you know, we were talking about how many of his songs are like mid-tempo adult contemporary, like drink and wine, because like I'm going through a contentious divorce songs like uh, this one's a bop. This one's this one's like peppy and fun um, became his first number one solo hit in the UK singles chart. Um, it was the first cover he ever released as a single, which I thought was interesting. interesting. Uh, look, it's going to go down. And like, I really enjoy something happened on the way to heaven. But there's it's I just don't like it as much. At, uh, I can't listen to it over and over again, the way I can listen to this song over and over again. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Toddy? Um, you mean me? Oh, Chetty, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm jumping in on this one. I want to defend this because this is my top pick. Spoiler alert. Um, this song, uh, I, I didn't even remember the title for this song, but I remember listening to it as a kid and I just loved the song. And then I rediscovered it like 10 years later and I figured out what the title is. And this has been, this has gotten heavy rotation since. Um, it actually surprised me that this isn't one of his more popular songs. Uh, I, I mean, it was a single, it did pretty well, um, but it wasn't, you know, one of the major ones that, that he's associated with. But I think this is, um, he's always been known for mixing in horns with, uh, with uh, all the other instrumentation that he does. And I think this song is really kind of the, the perfect mix of everything. It has the horn section, it has the guitar, it has, uh, I think, a really strong vocal performance by him, which, I mean, for a guy who was primarily started out as a drummer, he's an amazing vocalist as well. He's great. Uh, mm-hmm. And this doesn't have, like, the, the full range of his, you know, soft and, and, and heavy, but it it's a really good performance on all levels with it. Um, and kind of the counterpoint to what was every day, the lyrical message for this one is, I think, really positive and really uplifting. It's about teamwork. It's about let's make this happen. It's about, you know, whatever we're going to do, we're going to do it together. And, um, you know, it, it ends with please believe in me. And I think that's one of the things that I, I think everybody could use a little bit more of is with your partner, just believing in each other and being able to move forward. Um Chatty, you're also, swaying me. <laughs> look at all of this wholesome content on the oh, great pop culture debate tonight. I feel like, like I need to just start swearing. Right? 
Oh, can I swear? Oh, yeah, oh, you, you can. can uh, absolutely. I go oh. very blue on this, cha- oh, on this show. Talk. I've been waiting half an hour to curse. You've been waiting all your life. Um, no, you can absolutely swear on this. This is my moment. I need to I need to grab it. Um, Chad, that's a great persuasive argument. Yeah, and it is. I'm going to argue, uh, echo everything you said about the song. I'm going to hold on to it because, uh, Kay, are you, are you relinquishing? I'm swayed. I'm swayed. I'm okay. swayed. Please believe in me. Mm. Okay, I do want to say this, though, because um, I'm not... So I, it was interesting that Kate talked about, like, the song craft, right? You were talking about kind of your rubric, you know, that yeah. you use, yeah. song crafts. And so I find that very interesting that you chose this song because it is a cover. And that's yeah. actually one of the reasons why I... I think I actually did put this in the lower end of my bracket, because I do feel like he did have a couple of good covers. But for mm-hmm. me, um, I would rather kind of give preference to original compositions. Like, if, if I'm going to elevate a cover um, in in terms of a ranking like this, you need to have done something pretty radical to the song, um, really kind of reinvented it and made it your own. And unfortunately, when you look at or when you listen to this and you compare it to the Supremes, this is a fine version. It is. But just like you said, like you're not going to sit there and try and convince somebody on the street that this version is better than the Supremes. Nope. (laughs) Yeah, I I was the same, Todd. Uh, He had, I mean, his True Colors cover is also... Good. Oh it's, yeah, it's a good. Co- it's, it's a good, good cover. cover. It's all right. I think it did well. Um, again, compared to the original, not even close. But I certainly weighted his original songs much heavier in right. my in my. Uh, so it sounds like we may be universal. We now. We're universal. Like, We're all, all right. together now. Mm-hmm. All together now. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go, Diana. Diana Ross. <laughs> she can sleep for easy. <laughs> she was sharpening her knives. I want you to know that. Um, our one and only tie in round one was between groovy kind of love and I wish it would rain. Mm. Todd, consult the weather channel and give us the forecast for rain while I will explain that when I listen to groovy, then I don't feel so blue. And I'm going to have Todd go first. Oh my God, the weather channel that takes me back. I know. Uh, <laughs> I wish it would rain down. He has a lot of ballads. I know that's something we've already kind of talked about. Um, and I, But something that really kind of elevated this one to me is, honestly, it's the guitar. That opening guitar riff, it's actually, it's pretty awesome. Um, it's it's soaring. It's kind of cutting. Um, it it sounds, the whole song as a, as a whole, it sounds crunchier and grittier than a lot of his other stuff. Um, you can hear it in his voice. It's a little more gravelly. Um, and you know, the backup choir, I'm not, I'm kind of 50, 50 when it comes to using backup choirs and songs, I think they can be super effective. Um, you know, like Madonna's like a prayer. Um, but there's other times it can be very, very preachy. And I felt like in this song, it's a nice touch. It's not overly done. Um, but it, it definitely adds and elevates to the song. It's just one of those that I can picture listening to, um, really any, any time, you know, whether I'm feeling down or I'm feeling up, it kind of evokes different memories and different feelings, depending on my mood. I just, I can't think of a time that I, this would come on this on the radio. And I would say, you know what? I don't want to listen to that right now. It's just one of those kind of earworms that you forget about. And when you hear it and rediscover it, it's like a, it's like seeing a friend that you haven't seen in a long time. More wholesome content. I don't know <laughs> what is even happening. <laughs> I love um, it. I agree, Todd. The, the the guitar solo on this song is epic. It's really good. Um, but if you want to talk about earworms, like the I think that Groovy Kind of Love is the catchiest melody that Phil Collins wrote. Now, it's basically a snippet of a chromatic scale. It's not exactly like reinventing anything major, but it is 
really, really catchy. It's super effective. It's actually, and, it's a, it's a, it's from a classical piece. He didn't write okay. it. Nobody okay. wrote it. Yeah. Well, that would make sense then. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Throw it out. Disqualified. No, no. It is a cover. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so it is a cover. Uh, well, so the melody is the rondo from, I'm going to pronounce his name incorrectly, Muzio Clementis. It's a Sonatina Opus 36, number five. I can yep. guarantee you that at no point in my life prior to hearing Groovy Kind of Love was I familiar with whatever Kate just said. Yes. So to me, <laughs> this is an original song. Um, and You should get some culture then for culture. being the great pop culture, culture debate. The great I don't culture. go to the theater because I can nap at home for free. Um, nice. But to me, this is one of his sweeter songs. Like, it's a very sweet, it's like so many of his songs are about falling out of love and struggling in love and being miserable and just downing a fifth of bourbon. But like, (laughs) this song is about like falling in love and being sweet and being nurtured by your partner. And that's very, I I wanted to celebrate that. Additionally, Kate, back me up on this, was Groovy Kind of Love the warm-up song that we sang in chorus with Mr. <gasps> Chase. It was. It was. It was. Oh, because my God. Out Todd of cold like, storage. Holy shit. Todd was like, no, that's not true. And I was like, it was When did I you. say that? I don't know. That was if we, me. Oh, Chad. Okay. I don't know if it was we sang the lyrics or we just do. If it do, was do, just. Do, 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 do. do yeah, do, do, there was do, do, no yeah. lyrics. But oh, okay. my God. To all be Spaddy's special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, lettuce, 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 now, let me say this, though. I mean, because we all were in school together. Like, there yeah. were several songs that we sang in chorus. Like, we did Imagine, John Lennon's Imagine. I hate that song now because of the song in chorus. <laughs> so you are not convincing me by saying that we, you know, you and Kate sang it in chorus. But, but yeah, I had forgotten that until this very moment. Wow. Chad Look. says that he didn't do the song as the warm up in chorus. Huh. No, I don't, I don't remember I... doing that. Right. I don't remember it. He might have stopped doing that or I might have just fully suppressed it out of um, I suppressed all of my band memories and some of the chorus ones went with them because I did not get along with Dustin. Band, I understand. I mean, that's that's some trauma shit right there. But chorus was lovely. Shout out to Mr. Chiz from Lafayette Junior Senior High. He will never listen to this because I am not God-centered. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> as, as one of my early neighbors down here put it, I am not a Bible scholar, son. <laughs> it's true. Um, but with that being said, I'm going to go uh, Chatty, which one are you going with? Uh, I don't even really love I Wish It Would Rain Down. Um, part of the reason that you guys are picking up on the guitar work in that song is that's Eric Clapton that's playing on that. Oh, I know that's a demerit in 2021. Oh. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, the cream of Clapton. But that does that does explain, though, why the guitar solo is so good. Because, I mean, you know, think think what you will of him. I mean, he is a fantastic guitar player. Yep. Right. And, and that's actually... And, go ahead. Sorry. No, it's just... But I, I honestly did not know that. And in the, I guess, context of 2021 and COVID and things like that, that's definitely a issue for me now it's a demerit it's it's a demerit it's a demerit we do wrestle with this on the podcast though i think kate and i have been on episodes where this has happened where you do have to disentangle the artist with the art um certainly the the whedon stuff that came up with yeah yeah so i i'm hearing that and i'm i'm paying homage to that but i'm not gonna let that sway my opinion one way or the other kate where are you oh i'm a groovy kind of love 100 percent 
so Chad, you're the you're the decider here, and if it is a tie, Chad's going to break the tie. Well, and I will say that Groovy Kind of Love is officially a cover. The original rendition was recorded by American singing duo Diane and Anita, uh, and released on uh, and released as Groovy Kind of Love on the French EP One by One in 1965. Yeah, I thought I had heard that before. Like I thought it was an actual cover, not just you know he took part of the melody from. Yeah. Some eight hundred year old composition. Kate's Kate statement is also true, mm-hmm. but then he covered this. He covered it. Yeah, they the original songwriters wrote it based on that, and then he gotcha. covered it there. Yeah, to potentially offset everything about the Eric Clapton, um, the music video does feature Jeffrey Tambor. No, that does not uh, upset no. Eric Clapton because he's also problematic. <laughs> oh, no. I didn't yeah. know that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Listen, I don't keep up on how, like, on <sighs> everybody that's problematic. There's too many problematic people for me to keep up. Basically, right, yeah, I'm going to stop talking. Yeah, yeah you yeah, did basically. a great job. That's some excellent knowledge you just dropped on us. Congratulations. And I Boom, have to say, bomb. the fact that it is, in fact, a cover makes me swing my my own vote, mm. even though I advocated so I'm not going to use the tiebreaker for this. So, Kate, are you going to stick with Groovy Kind of Love? I am fully with Groovy Kind of Love. It's like, it was also a soundtrack cut from a movie that he starred in. He starred in a movie called Buster that was like a UK movie. Oh, that's movie. right. Yeah. Yes. So this was on the soundtrack also with Two Hearts, Living in Just One Mind. I love... I you like what you were saying before that like if you're going to do a cover there has to be something transformative about it and I think that that this has such a soul it has such a sweet gentle uh, it's not an up tempo hit it's kind of a ballad and I think it's really lovely um, this is one of my favorite Phil Collins songs period hmm. so yeah I do gonna- love it but based on my own rubric I am going to swing my vote to to rain so I think mm-hmm. that will be advancing to round two. Kate, kind of love, I love you. Bye. That's a bitter pill to swallow for <laughs> Kate. <laughs> Way to go, Todd. I had to do your job for you. <sighs> wow. The, the odd man out on this one, unfortunately. I'm sorry. That's cool. That's cool. You, it's one of the know, earliest uses in popular songs of the word groovy. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. You know, I do think it's interesting not to get too off track here, but I like Eric. I like your point about how we do have to, you have to struggle with that, right? Like something that was done in the eighties and we're trying to look at it with a mod or a lens in 2021. Mm-hmm. How do you kind of, do you give it a discount because of, you know, how things evolved since then? And, you know, kind of thinking back on it, like the Eric Clapton thing isn't really as much of a deal breaker for me because in the 80s and early 90s, I mean, it it doesn't discount like Tears in Heaven, for example, right? I mean, that man was feeling it. He was going through it. Like, I don't know if any of that made sense, but like, I... I, Yeah, Mm -hmm. it did. Uh, This is, I mean, we deal with it on the podcast all the time when we're dealing with stuff like that, where you're just like, ooh, I mean, uh, and sorry, folks, if you're listening, this is a journey we're taking on. But um, in our best (laughs) Oscar winner uh, for for Best Picture episode in season two, like Carissa had really great points about The Apartment, which is in the 1960s. And I saw the movie uh, when we were doing research for this, and I'd never seen it, and I loved it. And she's like, no fucking way. That is so deeply problematic, that entire story. And I was like, well, shit she's right like uh Mm -hmm. and it's things that you just have to grapple with grapple with and you talk about it and you acknowledge it and that's all Mm -hmm. you can do and then you have to make your own picks so um it's it's frankly actually one of the things i like most about the podcast is it's reframing some of these things that have been out there forever looking at them now and being like does it still merit discussion on its own artistic merits or is it something where like it was revered at the time, but now you're like, mm, maybe not so much. It's a boot for me, you know? So yep. 
Our hot takes don't have such low stakes right now. Oh my Not God. Right this is so sincere. I love it, Resniak. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we need to turn this around. <laughs> 2021 is a pivotal year for us. Yeah, it, it's broken us. Uh, the majority of the panel is waiting for that iconic drum solo and pushing for In the Air Tonight to advance to round two. But Chad wants to remind us and Billy not to lose his number. Uh, Chad, explain why Phil should remain in our emergency contacts. Todd, explain why we should keeping walking on air. I think that made sense when I wrote it at <laughs> one o'clock in the morning, but it doesn't. Were you matter. drunk? No, actually, I wasn't, sadly. But, um, Todd, go first. Uh, so in the air tonight, uh, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this is one of, if not the first Phil Collins solo single. It is. You are correct. It, I can confirm. And I got to say, like, I honestly, when I found that out, I did not know that um, until I started kind of researching for this. And I was floored that not only would somebody like Phil Collins, but a record company would take such a gamble by putting out a song like In the Air Tonight as an artist's first single. You would not hear that or or see that happen uh, in, in today's music industry. It's such a sparse song especially for the first like half of it um it's almost like there's nothing going on but that's kind of what i like about it is that it it felt like it is so such a unique song um he has these wonderful swells in that second uh, verse, you know, where he goes, well, I remember, and it just swells and it just, cu- it promptly cuts off. And it's, so it's like this just um, dichotomy of just this really loud sound and then total silence. And uh, he uses that echo effect. There's that echo effect throughout the song and it, it's used really well. It's not overly done. Um, this is another one of those songs. And I talked about it with against all odds. Again, I'm not a huge fan of drums coming in halfway through a song. Song. Um, it doesn't seem like it because <laughs> the yeah. song also has it, and but I love it. I love it. Um, they kick in at, at like the three minute and 45 second mark. So three minutes and 45 seconds, there's no percussion. And then it just comes in with this blast and it's just really, really effective. And um, I know you just keep getting this feeling as you're listening to the song the entire time that it's building to something like it doesn't just kind of get halfway through and then that's it. It just keeps building all the way until the end of the song as a first single to me. It is just an like a massive, massive artistical statement and achievement, I think, in terms of songwriting. And I was very, also very floored that, you know, it only reached number 19 in the U.S., um, but again, as a first single, I kind of get it because it really sounded very different than what you would have been hearing on pop radio at that time. Wait, what year was it released, by the way? I believe that was 81. Okay. Just so everybody knows, 1981 is arguably one of the worst years in music. It is, it's <laughs> like, you look, it was on, I think like Debbie Boone, you light up my life. I believe <laughs> it was like, uh, someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I, Pretty sure I looked this up at one point when I was doing a project on the gayest song of every year that I've been alive. And like 19, I was like, oh my God, this is pathetic. I'm so- pretty, I'm pr- not to, not to completely um, like contradict you, but I do believe that uh, Olivia Newton-John's physical was released towards the end of that year. Cause I believe that was the number one single during December of 1981. Don't I mean, ask how I know that. According to the billboard hot 100 top singles of 81, it's Betty Davis eyes, endless love lady. Just like starting over Jesse's girls celebration. Kiss on my list. I love a rainy night. Don't even know what that is. Nine to five. Keep on loving you. And theme from the greatest American hero, believe it's it or not. It's actually not that bad. It's not you, that bad. 
But you're not wrong because that was the time when we were transitioning from like the death throes of um, disco, yeah. and we were we were still trying to find our way into like the new, new wave, wave. Yes. and and that kind of stuff. So you're right. Eighty one was kind of barren. All those songs, well, a lot of those songs that Kate mentioned are are great songs. But I'll bet you that those were more like oases in yeah. the desert than kind of the norm for that year. I'm telling you, I looked it up at one point, and I was just like, oh my god, this is grim. Like eighty and eighty one were rough but that being said i don't want to get too off topic too late <laughs> um so chad you're really preferring billy don't lose my number yes <laughs> question mark question mark question mark question mark so um, sell, me, sell me chad sell me please sell I'm me i'm going to i i i'm going to start this out uh i'm not going to win on the merits of billy don't lose my number um, part of the reason I chose it is because it is a bit of a bop, right? It's, oh, you already filled in in the air tonight winning. That's <laughs> yes, just rude. That is just rude. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> You're not. Um, so when I first started with the, like, when I put this song in here, I was like, okay, I hadn't done my research on it. And I was like, it sounds like there's a story here. Like he's got his friend Billy and Billy's getting in trouble and he's like, Hey, don't lose my number. And I'm like, that's really cool. Cause that's outdated. Cause that's not something we have to worry about anymore. Cause it's cell phones. And I went and I researched it and no, nope, he just made up the lyrics. Like it has yep. nothing to do with anything. Yep. So that was pretty sad. Um, the music video does have a reference to the Alamo though, which is a fun little piece of Phil Collins trivia. He's apparently real big into the alamo and is an honorary texan because he's donated so many alamo Al- uh, memorabilia well that's something to be proud of uh yeah that's all speaking of problematic <laughs> my my arguments mostly are not going to be supporting uh billy don't lose my number it's going to be attacking in the air tonight mm, that's what i figured uh, i figured you, we were getting there yep do you want me to wait for the next round for yes. when it's competitive hold on yeah, to your app. let's do that <laughs> Let's let's wait until the ne- let's save that and um, well shit I've been firing all my best stuff I'm in trouble in the next round <laughs> I got plenty of, I'm loaded for bear Todd don't worry okay thank you thank you that, so, that's what comes with experience Rook <laughs> that's true I, I should have realized with the Resniak reunion I needed to bring more than just a couple of bullets absolutely <laughs> absolutely all right so we are going to advance in the air tonight and finally in round one the majority of the panel wants to put out for Easy Lover but Todd has his aim set on a mystery again kate why are you on your knees for lover todd see if you can find the votes for mist i'll have kate go first so easy lover is a bop as we discussed um it is so phil collins was actually working as a producer with philip bailey who's one of the two lead singers of earth wind and fire on his solo debut chinese wall and they decided to write a song together and this is it it has an incredible verse it's super funky it's super catchy um the video won the mtv video music award for best overall performance in a video in 1985 I just prefer the song as a piece of songwriting as a duet. Um, I, I really, I like it more than uh, what's it up against? <laughs> I, missed I missed again. I missed again. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, but I missed again. Uh, I feel like that's a very kind of mid-level, slightly more up-tempo Phil Collins jam. Yes. It's not easy lover. It's not easy lover special. It's on. Todd, talk to me about my missed again. 
Okay, so I'm going to say I missed on this pick. <laughs> I missed. Oh, I was going to do that. Um, you know, I, I, I went back and re-listened to it. Um, I think the reason why I chose this one is because with, Phil, with, with my bracket in particular, I seem to gravitate to either the stuff that was actually pretty fast or the stuff that was really, really slow. And I Miss Again really wasn't any or either of those things. It's very much a mid-tempo mm-hmm. song, and I didn't choose a lot of those. Um, this, I think, was also, by the way, his second single, I think. And I thought that was also very interesting that I kind of gravitated to the stuff that came in the very beginning of his career and the stuff that came um, later on, not like that mid, that sweet spot of the mid 80s. But regardless, um, you know, I, I do like the song. Um, I, I think that the the horns, you know, complement him and the song well. He does use a lot of that more in the mid 80s, for sure. But, you know, I I can't really put up much of a defense of it. You know, looking back on it, Easy Lover has to be the choice over I Missed Again. Sorry. I like you, I Missed Again, but I, I don't love you. So Yeah, to me, like, I'm glad you just admitted. You just yep. put up the, the white flag there because that's indef- it's an indefensible position. It, is. <laughs> it really is. Um, easy Lover is, it's my theme song. It, I feel like it was written about me. Um, but beyond that, it is just a fucking banger. Like, I think we said earlier that he doesn't have any bangers, but Easy Lover is a banger. And also it has been covered many times and each of those covers that I've heard have been really good, but they don't take away anything from the original. So um, we're going to advance easy lover. Chad, you don't disagree. I'm assuming. Oh no. Easy choice. Easy choice. And that is it for round one. We're going to take a break to reunite with the other members of Genesis and we will be right back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to round two of our best Phil Collins song debate. Before we get to round two, let's discuss how our listeners can give us an invisible touch by reaching out on social media. Chad, how can people follow you? 
Uh, I don't engage in social media very much, but um, on Instagram, I am at C Resniak. So C, my first initial, Resniak, R-E-Z-S-N-Y-A-K. I post occasionally um, if I'm traveling or if I'm doing jujitsu stuff. So if you're in any of that, follow me. There you go. Kate. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Kate Reculia. I am there a little bit, you know, whatever. Uh, but if you like um, cat pics, you can always check those out on my Instagram, which is at Gomez Rack. Lots of cat pics. Cat and pics for days. Do that. They are adorbs. And Todd's invisible touch is an invisible middle finger because he is not interested in having you follow him on social media, <laughs> which I respect. I'm sorry. Like, I am just not a social media person, you know? I mean, and I'm also not very creative. That's not true. I think you can find me on Instagram. I think my name is just Todd Resniak because I'm that clever of a fucking person. <laughs> um, I'm, I am on Twitter. Again, I think my handle is fucking Todd Resniak. No, just Todd Resniak. Now that being <laughs> right. Now that being said, if people start following me enough, maybe I will create a fucking Todd Resniak candle. But That's I mean, fans. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm rarely on that stuff. And you know, I'm just, I'm the worst. I like to say that all of Todd's media is antisocial media. That is true. <laughs> but for that, uh, as for me, you can uh, definitely follow the at great pop culture debate on Instagram and at culture underscore debate on Twitter. And feel free to follow me at Eric Resniak on Instagram and Twitter. I'm on them. So, so mostly I'm just promoting this stupid podcast. So get ready for that. Uh, moving on to the debates. First up, we have Against All Odds versus Another Day in Paradise. And I'm going to go around the horn first and see where people are stacking up on this one. I want to start with Chad. Against All Odds. Kate. Against All Odds. Todd. Another Day in Paradise. <gasps> Okay, and I'm against all odds. So, Todd, why do you talk? About, why do you think Paradise should advance here? Um, well, you know, you mentioned in the first round, I believe, about how like it's a message song, and you're not really keen on message songs, and I'm not really either. I'm really, really, really not. But there was something about this song um, when it came out, and maybe it was just the age that I was when when it came out, and I, you know, start was becoming kind of socially aware. And I learned what the song was about. Um, you know, I kind of look at it as uh, that. Oh, gosh, what was that band? I think it was called Soul Asylum, right? They had yes, that song, it Run- was. Runaway Train. Runaway Train, never go right. back. Right. And I mean, Wrong you know. This- way down a one. Sorry. <laughs> I can only think of D on It's Always Sunny Philadelphia. Singing that song menacingly to the teenager <laughs> in her car. <laughs> But so, um, you know, like, just like that song, I think, did a really good job kind of bringing, um, you know, child abduction into, you know, kind of the mainstream consciousness. This song, I think, did a lot for highlighting the issue of homelessness and people that are afflicted by homelessness. And to me, like, when I think of a Phil Collins song, there's only a handful of songs that immediately come to mind. And one of them is Another Day in Paradise. More than Against All Odds. Yes. Really? Yes fascinating Mm. this might be this might be an age thing because i feel like that's a really interesting point todd about it hitting you at exact because it was huge and i like i remember riding around in the car with my mom listening to the song on the radio and being like oh like yeah i'm still against all odds yeah yeah i mean let's not forget i defended against all odds earlier yes you did i mean but when i you know between these two to me like another day in paradise is a for me it's an iconic song 
It just is. I think Against All Odds uh, is like the definition of an iconic Phil Drink. song. Drink. So <laughs> yes, we always drink when we say iconic on the show. Um, uh, solo song. To me, it is it is like, you want to take all that Collins pathos, that like, oh my God, I fucked up my life again. <laughs> like, it's Against All Odds, baby. That's where it we, is. We still love you, Phil. We, we do. do. We love you. We again. The Shoney's offer is open. I'm serious. Um, uh, so it kind of in support of what Todd was saying, I actually didn't know Against All Odds existed until last year. Mm. Like mm. somewhere in the, the beginning of the COVID-19 lockdown, I got onto Spotify to do something more, like to, to get more new music. And I just searched Phil Collins because obviously I like Phil Collins. And there was a song I was like, oh, I've never heard this. And I spent the next 24 hours just listening to it nonstop. Mm. <laughs> um but I mean, another day in paradise, he got a lot of crap for it when it came out because people are like, Oh, you've got all this money and you're not using it. Right. And, and so like as a message song, I, I can get some of the blowback, but all he's asking you to do is just think about it. Exactly. Against all odds wasn't a movie, right? I'm pretty sure. Um, hold on. I'll look a it movie up. called against all odds. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like it was from like a big eighties movie where it was like, Kind of like the way Vision Quest oh, had... Oh, it was another Taylor Hackford jam. Hmm. What was it? Uh, it was called Against All Odds. Oh. Yeah, how about uh, that? Je- Jeff, like Bridges, Jeff Bridges, James Wood, Rachel Ward, having been cut from his professional football team, down and out athlete Terry Brogan, Jeff Bridges, is in desperate need of money. Crooked nightclub Shoot, owner and Jeff bookie Bridges? Jake Wise, James Woods, offers Terry a hefty sum to go to Mexico and find his girlfriend, Jesse Weiler, Rachel Ward. Terry cannot turn the offer down when Terry locates Jesse. The two fall in love. Terry reports that he failed to find her, but Jake sends someone else. Terry and Jesse's love must endure unexpected twists. That is a plot. <laughs> That is a plot. Uh, having having just watched the music video for that, that makes so much more sense. <laughs> there's like a football montage. There's a lot of smooching. He's standing on a triangle, and at the end, there's three faces on a triangle. And I'm like, that one kind of looks like James Woods. That's weird. Yeah, everything's explained. Thank you. That just sounded like some convoluted shit to me, and so I'm I, that just resolves me for uh, another day in paradise. Quite frankly, for another day, it's a romantic neo noir thriller that's what and it was written by eric hughes oh it's based on a book called out of the oh so it's based on another movie jesus it sounds like white nonsense to me <laughs> that's what i was gonna say that sounds like white nonsense <laughs> but so chad are you against all odds here i am with against all odds you're with it and and so are you kate i am with against all odds yeah like todd i, I admire brutal your you brutality you're entitled to your wrong opinions um but against all odds will advance next that's fine i will see you all in hell <laughs> <laughs> we'll be driving the bus my space is reserved i have a balcony apartment we're good um next up it's two songs we actually haven't even talked about yet Susudio versus take me home kate you want to talk about Susudio? i did I, i'm hoping you can actually explain to me what is the studio is and chad take me home not on the country road so that's a completely different debate so i'm gonna have kate go first Okay, so re what a studio is. I will read a quote from Mr. Collins. So I, I'm not going to do it in accent because I respect him. So oh, I kind of knew. So I kind of knew I had to find something else for that word. No, it sounds Australian. No, it's terrible. It's terrible. Keep it going. Keep it going. I love it. You can sway my vote. Now, now, okay, okay. Whew, so much pressure. Now I have flop sweat. Uh, then he came back and tried to find another word. <laughs> 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 Phil Collins down under. 
It's scanned as well as Susudio. And I couldn't find one. So I went back to Susudio. It's a made up word. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Great. So anyway, it's just iconic drink gibber- gibberish. Um, but I want to say, according to Patrick Bateman, and I don't disagree, it's a great, great song and one of his personal favorites of Colin's oeuvre. <laughs> as he's about to murder Jared Leto, correct? No, that is hip to be square. Of course. The studio is when he is abusing the sex workers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yep. I mean, it's not, well, it's the... It was the 80s. It was a different yeah, time. Yeah, you're right. It's the, it's, the, it's the sex work part before the abuse comes in. Right. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Right. And if you're going to have that as soundtrack for a scene about ordering around sex workers. So studio is the soundtrack that you want. So it is. Thank you. Mm-hmm. It is. It's a great, mm-hmm. great song. It is a great song. <laughs> Anything else to say about it? <laughs> I know. I mean, part of it, like, so this one kind of came in for me under pop culture, uh, like effect on pop culture, right? Like what the fuck is the studio, right? Like yes. people think when they think of Phil Collins, they think of this kind of like made up su- su- studio. And it's like, it's so catchy and it's so, um, there's some part of it that's like that's really uh, pop has a, a lasting effect in popular culture because it kind of just is its own nonsense term, right? Um, yeah, I, I really I enjoy the song a lot, and it does make me see a half like naked Christian Bale whenever I think of it, and I don't hate that, even though he's fucking Patrick Bateman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I have to say, like, can you imagine how many? dudes were coked out of their minds yes. in the 80s at yes. bars just like screaming this song like at yes. three o'clock in the morning it's like, peak 80s it's peak it 80s yeah. correct yeah all right chad take me home like I mean, that's just kind of an iconic little thing. That's not going to do it. That's not going to do it. <laughs> it took me a minute, oh. and then I got there. I got there. right. I'm like, what? Yeah. What even is that? It's the I it's was, the intro. Yeah, yeah. It, well, it's uh, isn't it? It like is a pale imitation. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm not a synthesizer. All right. <laughs> and I'm glad you're I'm not a human being. I'm, I'm a man. Not. <laughs> I'm a man. Go write a sad song about it. <laughs> So I recognize that a song with the title Take Me Home is going to be broadly ineffective against three quarters of the uh, podcast, <laughs> as that is returning to trauma. For the, for, the, for the record, Mom, I love you. I just want, I just want you to know that I love you, Mom. I've always loved you. She listen. Oh, all right then, fine. Um, but in any event, um, this song, uh, it, it's mostly, like, the studio is just kind of gibberish yes it's very 80s but it's just like a whole bunch of nonsense um take me home has a a lot of heart to it um it actually was uh, the lyrics are written to refer to a patient in a mental institution and was influenced by one over the uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest jesus phil (laughs) 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 peter gabriel actually has backing vocals on this peter gabriel sting and helen terry um, and what I, I think is kind of neat, I went through and I watched all the music videos, which was kind of a trip last night. Um, and so the music videos actually have him traveling to all of these different locations that he was going to through the No Jacket Required Tour. So like, take me home, anything. Mm. Um, but this is also uh, one of the songs that he's used a lot live as his encore, which makes a lot of sense. Um, one of the reasons I like this song, though, is, you know, No Jacket Required is kind of like, I don't know, it 
it's the start of Phil Collins. Like it's it's very iconically Phil Collins. But I I really like his uh, next album, but seriously, a lot better. So this was kind of like my gateway drug into Phil Collins, and then mm-hmm. I, I got into the other stuff, and I like that more. But this is kind of a nice little intermediate. So it's not like the really fast paced, dancey gibberish of Susudio, um, but it's also not like the really slow plodding nothingness of One More Night. Like that song has nothing for me it's it's in the middle it's got this dry uh, it's got this drive where that's that little loop keeps going throughout the whole song um and i just it, there, there's an air of defiance to it where um it just it's not like he's capitulating to it he's just kind of accepting it but it's not a capitulation kind hmm. of thing um but i i recognize going against the studio that's a that's a tough draw in my opinion I feel like we have a lot of earnest in the rest in this ballot. There's a lot of earnestness up up all up in this elite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um for that reason, I'm much more inclined to put forward um completely absurd eighties coked out nothingness in this particular instance. Because like um take me home is it's like you can see the people in the crowd waving their arms back and forth in their, you know, Walmart kitten sweater sh- sets <laughs> before they get their Uber lift, right? Um it just it it's very it's fine to me. It does not move me. Um Susudio gets my blood pumping. I don't know what it's about. It doesn't matter what it's all about. But I feel good when I say the word Susudio. Um, Todd, where are you on this one? So honestly, I mean, I love Susudio, but I have to say, I do love Take Me Home. I, I uh, you know, minus Chad's terrible rendition of that opening refrain. Um, but but I do think, you know, I do think Take Me Home, like, to, it's another one of those iconic Phil Collins songs, for sure. Um, but when I listen to Susudio, like there are certain songs that you can, when you, as soon as you start to hear it, you're like, Oh, this is from 83. This is from eight, whatever. And like Susudio with, I guess you would call it a baseline, whatever that synthesizing <laughs> baseline is like, it is a, it is a mess of an instrument, but my God, that song that I'm, I'm, I'm not embarrassed to say this. I have listened to that song on repeat for well over an hour, just that one song. <laughs> you should and be I have loved every damn playthrough, every goddamn playthrough. It is just to me, it is quintessential eighties. It is like quintessential, the mid of the uh, middle of the decade. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like take me home. I do, but I, it cannot touch the studio. It's so stupid. It's such a stupid ass word. And I think that's part of the reason why it works. Yep, it, it just is. like you said, it's like, you know, it's something that gets stuck in your head because, like everybody just said, "Well, what the hell is Susudio? It doesn't matter. It just works. It just it's works." It's a horcrux. Let's let's all acknowledge what's yep. happening here. <laughs> it is one of Phil Collins' horcrux. So I think right now we're three for Susudio, one for Take Me Home. Is that correct? That's correct. That was an excellent argument, yes. though, Chad. It was. Yeah. It really yeah. was. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Good points, all. Yes. You did a very good job. Next up, it's something that happened on the way to heaven versus I wish it would rain. Is anyone here voting for rain? No. 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 Okay, great. So we could just zip right by that one. Sorry, rain. Uh, we are advancing. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. And finally, in the Elite Eight, it's in the air tonight versus Easy Lover. Chad, which one are you picking here? Uh, easy Lover, for sure. <laughs> Ooh, okay, Todd. I, I have to go within the air tonight. Look, I made a mistake with uh you know, I missed again an easy lover. I, I straight up admit that. 
But again, in the air tonight, there's just these certain songs that are iconic to me. Drink. With, with, uh, my bad. I need. I will remember that for next time. <laughs> <laughs> I will be wasted. Um, but well, in we're the air the tonight, listeners to right, drink. We shouldn't drink. Oh. We're professionals. Yeah. Yeah. You don't drink in podcasts. That's but I'm not. <laughs> but I'm not barred from doing that, yeah. right? No, 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 no. You can if you want. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, but in the air tonight, to me, it's it's just one of those. So- it's a signature song to me from him. Um, I feel like it's a song that you know he does it perfectly. I don't think if you tried to do a cover of it, it would be as effective as the original. I can see other people doing Ease Lover. I, I, Eric, you said that people have done it. I've not heard the covers. I think In the Air Tonight is it's, I just don't think you could replicate In the Air Tonight while still like making it an interesting song. I think the way it is, it's basically perfect. I have heard, Lightning in a bottle. I have heard yep. covers of In the Air Tonight and they're not good. They're terrible. They like, there's lean, a reason for that. Ooh, uh, they <laughs> lean in on the slowness of it and they try to go for this haunting thing. And like you, you just can't replicate that. And it, it nope. takes no. real musicianship to achieve what he achieved with this song. And f- frankly, let's just be very candid. The people I've heard are pretenders to that crown. They're just, they don't have it. So, um, so Chad is definitely on team lover. Kate. In the air tonight. Yeah, and I feel bad, Chad, as the sponsor <laughs> Sorry, of this Chad. episode, <laughs> that you're about to have two out of the, the final four being ones you don't want in there. Oh, that's fine. I, I think, honestly, if we are talking about iconic Phil Collins songs, you have to have In the Air Tonight. And you know how much I love Easy Lover. Like, I, I am a, like, diehard aficionado of this song. Like, I don't understand how Easy Mac has not used this for their commercials. Like, how effective <laughs> would that be? Like, you'd be sitting there saying- Phil Collins is too pricey <laughs> for Easy Mac. He may be. He may be. But get that they, they can't afford him. Get that craft check. <laughs> the Disney checks aren't coming in not anymore. Not anymore, no. Um, but I, I think- compared to in the air tonight there's just no question for me so that gives us a final four of against all odds versus the studio something happened on the way to heaven versus in the air tonight and i always like to step back at final four and say does this feel right to me and it absolutely does um the the weird thing about this topic is there's a very short time window we're talking about we're talking about about 10 years right uh, of of potency for him um but it was a 10 years of, of chart dominance and absolute dominance yeah I think these are, if you ask people, list your four favorite Phil Collins songs. I do think You'll Be In My Heart would be in there for a lot of people. So I think we'll get some shit for that. Yeah. I stand by a reason. That's because they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> um, but Or they were born after like 1990. Uh, or at least like after 1985, I would say. Yeah. Um, but I think this is correct. Chad, as our sponsor, you were already unhappy with a good chunk of the packet. <laughs> so uh, can you live with this final four? Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, I mean, when you contextualize it as the, the, the best Phil Collins or the, the most iconic Phil Collins songs specifically. Yeah, this absolutely works. Um, ironically, I don't think some, uh, I, I was surprised that something happened on the way to heaven was not as like well known of his. So that for me would actually be kind of the, the one that sticks out. Um, but I absolutely want it. Like, I'm happy it's here. It just doesn't strike me as a that's not one of the ones like another day in paradise would probably be the one that if you ask people to list like their top four Phil Collins, the ones that they know, yeah, that probably would have been in the top four. But I think this is, this is a really excellent top four. I also think you raise a great point. Whereas 
is it people's favorite Phil Collins songs, like the mm, one they know right. the most, or is it the best actual song? Right. Which I feel, Chad, you were picking best actual song, and I was going. I mean, I that, I was factoring that in. Like there were some where I was yeah. like, "This song is boring and dumb. I don't care for it." Sorry, Phil Collins. No, I, I take it back. I didn't mean that. <laughs> All of your songs are magic. They're, they're they're incredible. Um, but there were some that did not resonate with me as strongly as others. As I say it that way, um, but I still think. At the end of the day, his biggest hits for me are also some of his best music. I really think they are. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I think you both have really good points. Um, I thought it was interesting how Chad said, you know, is it their is it his best songs or are they just his most iconic? Yeah. And I think there can you I think you can really kind of um, kind of parcel that a little bit. Um, but I think in the case for at least for me with Phil Collins, like with other artists, I think you could kind of debate that a little bit more. But I think with Phil Collins, I think they kind of are one in the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the best to me are the most iconic. Yeah. I, I mean, I disagreed a little bit. Um, I'm a very literal person, so when the title was announced as Best Phil Collins Song, I'm like, by golly, I'm going to go in here and I'm just going to figure out which ones I think are the best. Oh, gee willikers, mister. <laughs> trying to be family. I don't even know why. Um, right? <laughs> it, it's partially I'm censoring myself from class and I still haven't gotten over it. Um, but then I went through this process. I did not even remotely consider if they were popular or not, because ever since about 2016 or so, I have recognized that just because a lot of people think it's a good idea doesn't mean it is a good idea. Mm. So, challenge. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, we are in the darkest timeline and it gets darker every day. It's true. But so I, I did go after it. I think a lot differently than everybody else where I actually listened. I was like, do I like this song? Um, and but in, like a true scientist, like a true scientist, I rely on empirical evidence because I am not a creative individual. <laughs> you, you just have you just have defective ears, Chad. <laughs> I have also literally no taste. I'm trying to I'm, I'm, I'm secretly trying to make Chad cry so I can taste his tears. So it'll give me more power. <laughs> my my emotion. I got rid of emotions circa 2015. Yeah, <laughs> you sound like a Resniac. Exactly. Um, I do think that what we will do is create a playlist of all of the songs that we. Have oh, nominated. yeah. And we'll go yes. ahead and we'll put that up on the website as well. So if you are listening to this and being like, well, what fucking songs did Chad nominate that these, you know, tasteless bozos didn't give any uh, you know, consideration to, we'll put all of them up and you tell us, tell us that we're wrong. And, and to tell our sponsor for this episode, thank you for sponsoring this episode, Chad, that, um, that <laughs> he was right and we were wrong because that's the whole point of this podcast. With that being said, let's go into the final four. Against All Odds versus Susudio. I'm going to start with Kate. Susudio. Oh, you are wild. Uh, Todd? <laughs> it, it is no question it is Susudio. Really? No question. No question. Susudio was my number one pick. And look, you know... <sighs> Susudio is one of those songs, and it's going to sound really dumb and really cheesy. Like Susudio? <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. If I'm having a crappy day and I want to raise my spirits, I can put on Susudio and I it will make me happy. Yep. It is a it is a like a mindless, just dumb, like this is a blatant kind of commercial pop single. This is not I'm trying to trying to make some sort of a statement. I'm trying to, you know, ex- kind of expand my artistry this is i want to make a catchy song so you will buy my record give me your money and i am here to say take all of the money you want phil collins i will give you all of my money that's actually a compelling argument because i am a long-term card-carrying member of team get money bitch so Mm -hmm. exactly i hear that chad where are you 
Oh, I mean, I'm I'm against all odds, but with Susudio specifically, it was actually kind of a message song where it's such a radical departure from his first two albums. That's why this uh, No Jack Required started with this, basically to be like, this ain't going to be face value and yep. whatever the other one was. Hello, I must be going, I think. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, um, it was basically meant to say this is not what this album is going to be, but I, I still think against all odds. Um, Susudio, the fact that it's just completely gibberish lyrics, like, yeah, it's... It's thoroughly 80s. It is probably the single most 80s song I've ever heard in my life, and I love 80s music. But against all odds, just it's so much more dynamic. I think his vocal performance is much stronger on this. There's actual sort of gravity to what he's talking about. There's, uh, it, It's very dynamic. His range that he exhibits on this song is excellent. Um, and I, I just think it has a... a I, I just like it better. So I'm also against all odds, which would make a split. And in the case of a mini-sode, when there are not seeds, it goes to, normally I would be the original tiebreaker, but since this is a sponsored Patreon, I'm going to give Chad the tiebreaking vote here. Which one advances to final two? Are there any last-minute attempts to sway me here? My cat just jumped on the desk and he said, Sasodio! (laughs) Actually, you know, I I will say this. So, I told several people that I was going to be recording this today, and, you know, they asked, they all asked, they said, well, what's the topic? And I said, the best Phil Collins song. And this is, I swear to God, um, every one of them, when I went around the table, they said, oh, Sasodio, right? (laughs) I swear to God. Um, I was telling a coworker of mine today, because I was leaving work early, uh, you know, so I could come and do this. And I, I mentioned it again. And he said the same. He's like, oh, so it's the studio, right? I swear to you, um, <laughs> this is true. But is is that better song or more popular song? Or it's clearly more iconic song. That's fair. That's fair. Mm-hmm. And if this was most iconic Phil's, Phil Collins songs, I mean, it would almost be Susudio in a landslide. Maybe I need to pay more to be the Patreon sponsor and I'll change the name <laughs> to most iconic song and then I can win. Listen, I'm, I'm much like Phil Collins and Susudio, I'm open for money. So uh, if you want to do that right now, open your Venmo, your oh, PayPal account. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I kid. No, I'm not. I'm not kidding. But I, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, so, Chad, are you are you advancing out against all odds? I, I have to advance against all odds. You know, I, as much as I, loss. it is a tough loss, but also against all odds is a terrific song. It's a, it's a terrific song. It's a, gr- it's a terrific song. That stings. That stings so hard. I it need does. some aloe. Welcome to the podcast, Todd. I, I, and by the way, if you're listening to this, I don't know if any at, at this point it should be out. The best holiday movie episode became traumatic for Bob Erlenbeck. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, poor Bob. What did you do to him? He was put into a Sophie's Choice situation again, and he was the deciding vote on what, one that he knew the people would hate him for versus the one he felt should have advance it was amazing it's so good anyway uh something happened on the way to heaven versus in the air tonight uh todd which one do you prefer something happened on the way to heaven (gasps) my man chad uh something happened for sure kate you're smoking crack in the air tonight (laughs) i'm changing it in the bracket are you smoking are you smoking crack in the air tonight (laughs) you'll get that out of the bracket (laughs) i see what you're doing so here's my thing okay what's your thing Please, there are ladies present. I mean, <laughs> are you nobody here me? wants to see that. I assure you, no one wants to see that. My argument here is this. Yeah, if you need me to make an in the air tonight argument right now, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Put me in, coach, but go ahead. 
Eric. <laughs> Which song do I like better? No question, it's something happened on the way to heaven. I love that song. I think it's awesome. I think it soars. It it starts and it just speeds, right? And it like continues to build momentum as it goes. And I love songs that do that. But if we're talking about the best Phil Collins song, the artistry in air tonight is incredible. It's his first single. And Todd, you talked about this. What an audacious way to start a solo career, to come out with something that is categorically not a song that should be popular. It is a Mm -hmm. weird, ominous song that in 1981, we said? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it was 81. Was unlike anything on the chart. It's actually quite prog rock in its way, right? It is. It's it's a real transitional prog to like what he was going to do after song for him. Yeah. 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 And um, but also it's not just artistically masterful. We've talked about that. The pop culture resonance that it has goes far beyond like at the time it was extremely popular. But I want to take you all back to two, three, four years ago. There's this YouTube series of these young kids reacting to music that they never heard before. And there's this clip of the two of them listening to this song and they lose it when the drums come in. They were not expecting it at all. And their reaction to watching this song went viral. So let's parse that for a second. Somebody, a young 20-something's reaction to a song from 1981, their reaction itself went like bananas. The world exploded over this. And I know Chad and Todd are like, what the fuck are you talking about? But Kate, back me up. Is that not accurate? Yes, that is accurate. It that is accurate. I think they I think they're teenagers. They I don't think they're in their twenties. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm not I'm not here thinking what the fuck are you talking about? I'm here thinking why are we validating people by watching their reaction videos about shit? So well that's a whole different podcast. That is. <laughs> that is and that's a great point, Kate. You were gonna say something? So I are you do you have more argument? Because I have more. Um, I'll just wrap it up by saying this is that I hear what you're saying, Todd. And I, in fact, also had that feeling when I was driving home thinking about the song because I was actually going to argue against this song. But then I thought about it. And the the um, why those reactions matter is I do think there is something really special about passing on pop culture from generation to generation and then seeing the next generation revel in it. Kate, here's a throwback. Do you remember when we were in HJ and we did that whole Beatles thing? Sure do. Literally the same thing. Literally the same thing. Yep. It's like you're discovering this this treasure, right? That mm-hmm. was buried for years. Uh, not really, but you knew nothing about it. Yeah, and, it wasn't native to your childhood or your existence. Yeah, but you yep. made it native for you. You you took ownership of it. This song does that. Not just for mm-hmm. that, but it's also it's all over pop culture. It's everywhere. It's used in in trailers still today. Like there is, it, there's something about this song that is incredibly special that to me elevates it beyond just simple pop song. It's a, a really, it's a work of art. I, I know that sounds super highfalutin, but I genuinely think that's true. It is the haunted. It's the haunted mansion is to Walt Disney World. In the air tonight is to Phil Collins mm, songs. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> It is. I you know, like, reference. Oh, wait. I, All right. I didn't, wait. I didn't score high enough on the SAPs. <laughs> okay. that. No, so I, do you want me to go? Yes. Am I ready to go? go, go okay, ahead. okay. I literally don't know what your arguments are that aren't for this song being the best Phil Collins song. Like, what is Phil Collins? Many things, multi-talented, but he is a drummer. What does this song have? One of the most face-meltingly amazing drum breaks in pop music history. Uh, Wrote the song out of grief after divorcing his first wife. It's so 
lyrically enigmatic and interesting. It's a complete mood. Um, iconic moments in 80s pop culture, the risky business, first episode of Miami Vice, like has its own urban legend that it's a confessional song about that time Phil Collins didn't help a drowning man to the point that Eminem references it in the song Stan. Like, That's amazing. It is, I did not it know is that. his well, biggest right. and most enduring cop contribution to popular culture and pop music and as a song itself. And I think that this is what like that reaction video the fact that people still like have a reaction to the song positively or negatively right i like certain pop songs are self perpetuating machines right Mm -hmm. like you never get tired of listening to them they always sound incredible this always sounds incredible Wow, I have to say one thing that I have learned from this whole experience is that you do not come to a debate with Kate <laughs> unless you are prepared. Because my God, I I felt like I could like see you taking your earrings out. Like, yes, okay, yes. this is how it's gonna be. The Vaseline was in the hair, honey. She no. does not take um, any quarter. No. So let me so let me say this, I guess, real quick. I'm not I'm not going to try and defend something happened on the way to heaven. This is what I will say. The reason. <laughs> no, no, no. Here, here, well, so here's why. Because Susudio really, Susudio was my number one. And um, something on the way to heaven was my number two. And I think honestly, at that time, like I had, oh my God, was I, as I was filling out my bracket, I had just listened to literally hours upon hours upon hours of very bland Phil, later Phil Collins. Again, <laughs> respect phil collins you know you're you're doing your thing but um so at that time like those two songs because they were just punchy they were upbeat they just got me into a mood and it really hurt seeing susudio get knocked out because now we're going to have two ballads right in the air tonight against all odds i think it would be very interesting to have an up-tempo song versus a ballad that being said i cannot I really can't argue. I mean, I talked about in the air tonight. I talked about how it was such a a special song and and you know how it hit in in, in 1981 and that's that's still true. Um so I have been swayed. I I would support <gasps> in the air tonight. Also, let me make this point and then Chad I'm going to get to you. I'm going to let you finish. But if we just said that so much of his catalog is darker, slower, more depressing, it's representative that the top two songs would therefore be darker, slower, more depressing. Just putting that mm-hmm. in there. Chad? You realize this is like how Darth Vader came to be, right? <laughs> how so? Explain that. You are turning me to the dark side against any air tonight. I will never listen to this song again in my life. If this is what undoes all of my planning, why do you think I knocked out Susudio in the previous round so that Todd would put his weight behind something be- uh, happened on the way to heaven and we would take the bracket? Oh, oh my I, God. I appreciate your Palpatine-like um, machinations. Points for Gryffindor on that one. Unlimited power. Anyway. Um, I'm just really getting that. such a glimpse into what it was like when y'all were kids living together. Jesus <laughs> I was woefully underprepared for this. People had people had like fucking strategies. Like Chad's over here playing three dimensional chess. Like, well, if I make sure that his number seven advances to number four, then I can get my number my number two and number one. I'm like, what the fuck? I just wrote down chart positions and I like the drums. 
<laughs> Curtis Creekmore accuses me all the time of like being a sniper on the side and deliberately <laughs> steering the way that the debates go. And I'm like, dude, I'm not even looking at the brackets when we're doing this. I have a script in front of me. I'm making sure that the audio is recording in the background. I don't know what I picked next round. I don't know. I used to, to win. I used to get sniped all the time by our cat when we were kids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we met, we got a Trixie reference into this debate somehow. Ah, um, oh, Trixie. So, so, Chad, right now, I believe you are the lone vote against in the air tonight. Are you accepting the fact that it would advance to the final two? Never. I have. I, I still have not yet begun to fight. Begun to fight. So I'm glad you invoked Curtis Creekmore's name because I am going to channel him in this next comment. <laughs> it is not the best, most iconic <laughs> Phil Collins song. Yes. It is It is not the most iconic Phil Collins song. It is the best Phil Collins song. There is absolutely no doubt that In the Air Tonight is the iconic Phil Collins song, and that drum fill is the iconic drum fill of probably all time. Uh, I remember when The Hangover came out, all of the promotional materials were Mike Tyson doing the drum fill. Um, I don't remember that viral video you guys talked about, but I remember a couple years ago, they, they showed this kid that was like skateboarding down a street and he ran into a bunch of garbage cans <laughs> and it sounded just like that drum fill. It was so good. I, I watched that a lot. But I mean, Kate, you almost made my argument for me where you're like, he's a drummer. Yeah. Okay. So should his whole career be buckled down and or boiled down into what is it like six hits? But they're really good. They're, they're good. They're they really are. good hits. <laughs> and uh, they are. Um, the other thing, and Todd, I'm specifically hurt well, because you get used you, to it. Uh, shit on my pair. Um, you shit on my selection of We Wait and We Wonder because you're like, it takes 10 minutes to get into the actual song. Actually, it takes one minute, which is only 10 seconds longer than it takes in the air tonight to get fucking anywhere. But he starts he starts singing before a minute has started. 50 seconds. And then it's really? still a, less than a minute. A minute still less than a minute. Oh my god, 10 seconds, really? You're going to throw our relationship away over 10 seconds? <laughs> do you know the amount of things that people can do in 10 seconds? You'd be astonished. So 10 seconds matters. Uh, I know at least three things I can do successively in 10 seconds. Oh, but um, here's the thing. Like, I hear what you're saying, but do you really think a song, quality of song, you genuinely believe, and we're taking it from that argument, that something happened the way to heaven is a more is a better quality song than in the air tonight. Yeah, in the air tonight, to me, like I I didn't like that song very much. I've actually started liking it more the last couple of days as I forced myself to listen to it to get into the Interesting. podcast. Well, Interesting. not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's going to be on my blacklist. Um, but like it it it, it, it strikes me as like some kid gets this new toy, this this new synthesizer, and they're like, let me think of all the new effects I can do. Blarm, cool. Let me make this like little echoing thing occasionally. Um, like it, it just sounds over-processed for me, which I know is funny given my uh, appreciation of 80s music in general. I don't think I it should, sounds I, at all like he's trying too hard. I think it seems right. very deliberate to me. Mm-hmm. I, I actually think it's very interesting that you mentioned that because I think, to me, between the two of those songs, I would say... Something happened on the way to heaven sounds more processed. Sure. Yeah. It sounds like there's more. more, Yeah. Yeah. There's more. And, you know, and I'm sorry, Chad, I truly, truly am. This really is difficult because I, I genuinely like and or love all of these songs. It's hard to sit there and say that any of these are better than the other, but it's interesting. Like sometimes I think 
a great song doesn't have to be cramming as much crap into it as you can. I think there can be something really beautiful in something that's really simple. And in the air tonight, maybe a really good example of being an effective songwriter by showing restraint. Sure. It's it's almost better because of what's not in the song, what's not added to the song. My imagination is a terrible place. <laughs> That's not a good answer. Like uh, I think Kate, you said, right? Like it's a mood and it is. It really is. And I think that's why it's used so much in television, right? Because it is, it creates an incredible mood. For sure. So I want to nip this in the bud because we are running long here. Chad, is anyone, is that going to sway anyone? Kate and Todd, are you locked in? I'm locked in. I'm locked in. I am too, Chad. I'm sorry. Well, I'm not leaving unless you come with me. Let's keep arguing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think that gives us a final two of Against All Odds versus In the Air Tonight. Uh, I'm going to go around the horn. I'm going to guess, Chad, that you're going to spite vote this for Against All Odds. That's not even a spite vote. It's just a better song. All right. Uh, Kate? In the Air Tonight. Todd? Uh, Both of my top two got knocked out, so I'm going to go with In the Air Tonight. Yeah, how's that feel? (laughs) It feels like a thousand paper cuts, but it's okay. I mean, ask Phil Collins how he feels. Okay, guys? Like, what, <laughs> how about, does he feel? How does he feel? Think about Phil. Aside from some back pain, I believe, he's probably feeling great because he's got a lot of money. I don't know. Mm-hmm. He kept getting taken by his ex-wives. Yeah. yeah. They're brutal. That's got to be bad. It's terrible. Um, I'm also in the air tonight, Chatty. I'm sorry. I, I, oh, no. I'm against all odds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that actually your Palpatine plan? Because that worked out beautifully to make that joke. Uh, I'm always on the hunt for punnery, and it just happened, which is also uh, doubly important because it's three of you against one, so it's odds. And that's why we love Mm -hmm. you, Chad. Mm -hmm. It's why we love you, exactly. And I think that does it, folks. Our pick for the best Phil Collins song of all time is In the Air Tonight. Do you agree with our choice, Chad? No. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Do you think that something happened on the way to heaven, Chad? Yes. All right. Let us know your pick by leaving a comment on this episode at greatpopculturedebate.com or yell at us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube. While you're there, make sure you like and subscribe for more great pop culture debate content. Thank you to my panelists, but seriously, you are in my heart. And thank you for listening. Until next time, remember, everyone is entitled to their wrong opinions. I hope we're entitled to it, even though Chad sponsored this program and he didn't like the right? winner. Not that's, for long. Right? That's, <laughs> what, that's what you get for being a sponsor, Chad. Uh, thank you, everybody. Have a good night. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.